Welcome back to the Recovering SJMR podcast. This podcast delves into the lives and the stories of people who once associated with Sovereign Grace churches. We discuss heavy topics such as abuse and spiritual trauma, so viewer discretion is advised. We will also share stories of victory and the freedom we have experienced after leaving Sovereign Grace Ministries. If you have any questions or want to share your story, please contact us at recoveringsgmer at gmail.com. We're back, people. Same bitches as the last time. Same bitches, new year. The new year. We took a minute off. We a did. Little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do we want to even discuss that or just we're just going to I mean, it's just like life. It's normal. Yeah. Honestly, it's just life. So here's yeah. the thing. We're both moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> right. And then someone got knocked up this past year. That was oh, me. yes, everyone. <laughs> it's not me. It's Jessica. She's pregnant and barefoot. And pregnant and barefoot. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, did that. And then Katie How had a lot. How far along of, are you? I'm 26 now. 26. Oh, oh, wait, no, I'm 27 weeks. See, that's what happens when it's the third. You like yeah. lose count. But you only have, um, what, 13 more weeks then if you go to full yeah. term? Well, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So we had some life stuff moved and then um, pregnancy and everything. Yeah. And then Katie had a lot going on in her life as well. So and much, so, you know, blended family yeah, wonderfulness. So exactly. needed to take a little breather and focus on that. Yes, yes, important. But we are back and we're ready to start up again. And something that Katie wanted to do, which I think is a fabulous idea mm. since she started this whole thing, is oh, get stop. into her story. Get in her story. Yes. Let's hear about her. And so that's something that we wanted to kick off this season with yes. recovering SGM. So Katie, right. let's Jessica. start, man. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katie. <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. So the tables it. have turned. You're the interview yes. now. <laughs> I know. It's kind of weird. Hopefully yeah. I don't like, it's I don't know. I'm just going to grill you're, you. I'm going to yep, exactly. grill you with so many questions. No, I'm sorry. I thought you said nail me. And I was like, oh, whoa, this is I totally mean, different. I mean, that okay. is a different recording that for yeah. later. No, I'm That's sorry. the after dark. That's period. the after dark. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, but grill away. <laughs> I'm just joking. So how did you, we always start off our podcast yes. with survivors in this way. So how did you first get involved in Sovereign Grace Churches? Yeah. So I was born into it. My parents actually, uh, I, in the late 80s, they found Sovereign Grace or what was PDI then. Although I don't know if it was like technically people of destiny international when they joined or if it was the, you know, proclaiming God's grace, developing local churches and whatever the I always stood for. But so it was a while and I was born in 91. So my dad had uh, my parents are originally from uh Texas, Texas and Louisiana. Um, and my dad went to seminary out in California. And that is when he met a pastor from the Pasadena church. Mm. So the LA church, 
Um, they met on an airplane and that's how he was introduced to Sovereign Grace. And mm -hmm. so then a couple of years later, um, I was born and it, and it all started, you know. So anyway, I was born into it. Um, so no in the early 90s. You're just, yeah. <laughs> so born yeah. into it in the past. Did he know? I don't know if we went through this, but did he know the booms must? Like oh Ron? yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Ron was, let's see. So when he, when my dad got into it, it was Cheon was the pastor with um, Ingle. I can't think of his name, Louis Ingle or Lou Ingle, Lou Ingle. Um, okay. And he's the real crazy one who was in like Jesus Camp and stuff. He, oh, he's okay. <laughs> he's he's like really really. They were beyond care like uh charismatic back then but uh so anyway there was a church split in the early 90s um of that church and i think ron boomsma became the senior pastor and my dad stayed with ron um i think and then we moved well and then we went and we moved to san diego to plant a church there but um anyway the church split and all that happened so yes very okay. involved with the booms with the pat okay the i mean booms. i feel like we have to the boomers we have to kind of shout out zach boomsma and the boomsma family on every podcast <laughs> biggest biggest fan our biggest yeah. fan is that guy and he is so <laughs> he really, really share likes the love. Us. yeah share the love oh. in the form of the middle finger um yeah so <laughs> so you grew you started with the Pasadena church mm -hmm. and then your parents planted the San Diego Sovereign Grace Church. Yes. And then you went into Frisco and that's mm -hmm. really from how you described to me, that's really when yeah. your story started was when right. you guys moved to mm -hmm. Frisco. So how was that? Yeah. So San Diego was fantastic. I have like nothing really awful to say about it. Um, mm -hmm. And so we moved to, we planted in 95, we planted the church in San Diego. And then in 2005, we left San Diego and planted the church in Frisco, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. Um, and the point of us, well, one of the points of us moving was to kind of help start up like the different different churches that were interested in joining sovereign grace in the texas region so my dad was kind of um the overseer of that I, I, at one point you know they're all all of sovereign grace was i don't know if it still is but like sectioned off to different you know west coast east coast midwest yeah, and I like texas still like that I yeah, is it, it's it was a like big Texas region. and like mostly Texas. Yeah, maybe right. there was Colorado for a little bit, but I don't mm. remember. Um, so anyway, so we moved to plant that church and it was in 2005. And so I was like, it's already a bad age to like be upended and move halfway across the country. Mm -hmm. So it was like four, 13, 14 when we moved. Um, and it was so difficult mm. we were apparently allegedly we were so blessed to have so many people come to, like to help plant the church like i want to say i mean we started out with a lot of people that were like you know actually on the ground floor moving from different places uh, from other sovereign grace churches um and it was you know it was the typical we all 
basically moved into the same neighborhood. So of course we called it like the cult de sac. <laughs> and like even that, like it was like a neighborhood that was new, like it was all new construction when we first moved there. And like even like the other neighbors would be like, Are you guys in a cult? Like, what's going on? Like, I did a lot of babysitting for like uh, outside of Sovereign Grace people. And I like every time I'm like, So, um, is your dad a cult leader or is he a pastor? Why is everyone in this neighborhood go to that church? And I've heard that from a lot of other people when they, you know, plant churches, there is that you would just like have to be in such close proximity to where you're going to do life, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is so dumb. But, um, and it was very difficult, not only to just leave like a place that I, I really loved and had a lot of good friends. Um, and that's mm -hmm. like the start of where it just... I moved here to Frisco. The people um, were just different than when I, I was just right. kind of more used to like a laid back environment, like just really like chill people. And then come, I, we moved here and I felt like such a fish out of water. Like the girls my age, I didn't really feel like very connected Mm -hmm. Two and obviously boys are off limits, so you really only have the girls to hang out with. Okay. And it was just really difficult because we're all like just thrown into these are your friends now. You need mm -hmm. it, not only that, but like you need to be outreaching to other people, either other girls who might be more shy or whatever. Like that always mm -hmm. fell on me. Like go outreach, go whatever include them try to do something fun which i think is a good i think it's always good to look for people who maybe don't have friends or are more quiet i think it's always good to kind of like draw them out but like when that was your only interaction it gets so fucking redundant and boring and like get sure. me out of here you know well and everything it is forced that's how it that's, how it seems yes. to me so mm -hmm. it's like, this is now we're, we're moving from San Diego. We're going to Frisco. This is now your new community. Right. These are out now. All the people are going to be homeschooled with and yeah. co-opt and all that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, figure it out. <laughs> right. That's how it was. Yeah. Yeah. So not a lot of choice there when it mm -hmm. comes to the, the relationships that you want in your life. Right. Exactly. Right. And and so, so not only, so from what we've talked about, not only yeah. that going into a different environment and with new people mm. being homeschooled, you know, being homeschooled yes. with these people too, because I know co-ops and stuff, that's like always a big thing, but you were also a pastor's kid right. at the same time. And so how mm -hmm. was that experience? New place, also mm -hmm. a pastor's kid, spotlight is on you. Yeah. Um, it was, well, well, it was difficult. I mean, at the time people would ask me like, oh, do you feel like you need to be perfect? Like, I think it was kind of obvious. My parents were very strict, so I didn't really get a ton of those questions, but like, mm -hmm. <laughs> how, like, do you, do you feel like you have to be perfect or like display a certain, you know, act a certain way at church and all this stuff. And at the time I would, I always said no. And I really 
at the time I didn't feel like there was pressure mm -hmm. to be perfect because, you know, we all have God's grace and stuff, but <laughs> looking back, it's like, no, I absolutely did. Like it was very difficult. Well, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but like with, mm -hmm. you, you see, especially back in like the nineties and early two thousands, there oh, are sure. so many pastors that have to be, or for whatever reason, they're disqualified. So, and there are certain Bible verses, you know, where they would try to back that up. Like, so, you know, if you're the pastor can't shepherd his family, how can he shepherd a church? Mm -hmm. Which I think sure. is kind of like, okay, sure. That's, that is a good point. But, um, you know, the way it's played out is. It's all behavior based. It's all behavior based and it's also not yeah. fair the way that they pick and choose. But so I definitely <laughs> did always feel like, uh oh, like if I fuck up in this way, is mm -hmm. that is that going to make my dad lose my job? So newsflash, I have a lot of anxiety. So like just looking back on that, it's like, oh, my gosh, like I just tried to follow all the rules to a T, even though I didn't want to. But there wasn't really a different choice and i felt like mm -hmm. you know at any given moment we could fuck up or mess up and then poof lose god's favor and whatever but um yeah and considering the age like age and development that you were at at that time that's a lot that's a lot of pressure yeah it really is and i think too growing up in sovereign grace I don't feel like there's a lot of room for kids to be kids and just no. explore and just be mm -hmm. normal humans. It's right. You know, say whatever, what is the saying? Like, um, Oh my gosh. Obey so the first, well, yeah. Obey the first yeah. time without yes. with a smile or whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like That's not normal for kids. Yes. To always have a smile and say, yes. I mean, I oh, do totally. agree. We should obey our parents. But that's not, you know, that's not the real world. That's not going to happen all the time. So really what you're just making is robots that are right. not really. And you're, gonna... and you're, <laughs> and you're looking run. for, and we've, we've talked about this too. You're looking for a very specific behavior. Yeah. And so you're conditioning kids to exhibit a very specific behavior. Mm -hmm. And if they go outside of, of that, then it's like, oh, no, you need to assimilate. You need to be conditioned into this box right. that we've created for you, which is, can be really detrimental to the psyche yeah. of a kid, you know? And yeah. I, I grew up with that. And I also raised my kids a little bit when we were in mm -hmm. Yeah, in that way, because that was the parenting advice mm -hmm. that we were given was obey first. And if they don't, then discipline. And now, like looking back, it's it's all just conditioning your kids to do what you want them to do rather than having them express themselves in healthy way and like figuring out what those healthy ways um they can express themselves so if you're feeling sad well why are you feeling sad if you're feeling angry yes. why are you feeling angry like what's going on here and like being able to co-regulate with your child or help them through stuff like that was not the goal the goal was always no obey, like what you said, obey and be happy about it. And that's it. Bottom line, mm -hmm. if you could do that, then great. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. 
anxiety issues, you know, like all the stuff yes. that you're describing. And then we're surprised when kids, kids act out and, you know, mm -hmm. or, or whatever, or, or do weird stuff when they're adults, when they're yeah. finally free of the boots on their neck. Yes. Cause oh. it's not a healthy way. Also it like, so is uh, completely unhelpful for the child because I mean, I know everyone's oh, sure. different, but at least for me, Mm -hmm. I'm 31 and I really still struggle with like understanding my emotions, mm -hmm. figuring out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And yeah. I just, cause I never was taught to like look behind why, because our feelings are wrong and they cannot be trusted. So it took so much fucking therapy for me to realize like, no, that's not necessarily true. Like your feelings are incredibly valid. They do matter. There's a reason you're feeling something. Let's get to the bottom of this instead of oopsie doopsies. You know, we can't trust that feeling because of whatever dumb reason, you know? Well, and every, if, when everything is sin based, then it's really easy to, to do that. You know, yes. well, anger is a sin sadness is a sin depression is a sin anxiety is a sin you know and so you can see why in very conservative re religious cultures like sovereign grace where it's like okay we got to turn this off and put this on so i'm not going to be anxious anymore how do you fucking turn that off i don't know but i'm not going to do that i'm gonna trust god well how do you do that what coping mechanisms do you have well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You're just supposed to do it, you know. Yes. And, and here's a Bible verse, and go along, go along, yeah. go along yeah. the way, you know. Right. And it also, as I know, we've talked about this too. That is huge, even in the purity culture, like as women mm -hmm. in the church too. Of yes. don't do this, and then this is this will be the end result. So right. if you don't show your boobs or don't mm -hmm. be like this and don't ask for it or don't be flirty or don't whatever it's all yes. behavior. behavior right then you then this is the end result you're gonna find a good husband or you're gonna have a great sex life or whatever mm -hmm. it is and that's just not like real life that's not true and so do you want to share more about your experience with that you know now that we're kind of talking about behaviors and yeah similarity. culture yeah, yeah parody culture right so i think i feel like we haven't talked a ton about parody culture on the podcast yet at least Not yeah a little bit with carrie sure. but yeah yeah so I think purity culture was one of, if not the most damaging things oh gosh, for my yeah. psyche, hands down. I never understood why <laughs> I and my female friends mm -hmm. are responsible for what men do. Right. I just, I remember being so young and like, I mean, pre-puberty young and thinking like they drill it into your heads you know, wear this, don't wear this, this could cause your brother to stumble, to mm -hmm. sin, yada, yada. But there's so little mm -hmm. about men taking accountability for their thoughts and whatever. Yeah. But, um, and so I just always felt so 
I don't know. Well, just gross because I was molested when I was four. Mm -hmm. um, so that's very young yeah. to have like some sexual like experience. Yeah. yeah. And so on top of that, then being told not, well, you know, the culture being that not, I never, well, with this experience, I did not feel like necessarily, maybe it was my fault. I think just because mm -hmm. I didn't understand what was going on, but I think sure. looking back, I think there was definitely a subconscious level of, okay, this bad thing happened to me, this inappropriate thing happened to me, I must have caused it. Like I must mm. have done something wrong because mm. what we are taught is it mm -hmm. is mostly the women. Right, yeah. right. We're supposed so, to hold men accountable. Right. Just having that experience at such a young age, I just mm -hmm. really, well, without religion is fucked up and it would mess, it can mess people up. But I think with the added layer of how ridiculous Sovereign Grace was mm -hmm. in regards to purity culture, mm -hmm. I think it just, it made me hate myself. It made mm -hmm. me internalize what happened to me that I did not have control over. Sure. And it made me think that I was dirty because of something that happened to me. And mm -hmm. I was, tainted. which obviously now I know that's not the case, but like just but at, even that time, at that time, yeah. Processing and at that time, that's how you felt. Yeah. Exactly. And there was a lot of too, like repression, like this incident happened when I was four. And then I like totally like, repressed 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 to the point like in my 20s all of this shit like just bubbled <laughs> over right. um but oh i lost my train of thought um oh so there was a ton of repression no one knew what happened mm -hmm. um until i was in my 20s and and spoke with people about it but um mm -hmm. like on top of that just i remember actually telling my dad and one of my like crazy drug stupors later on in life. We had a lot of fun meetings. Um, but I just remember telling him, like, I, it felt to me, and I don't think I feel this 100% anymore, as I did in, when my, my uh, emotions were extra heightened and I hadn't dealt with things. But I remember thinking, like, I feel like I almost there was like a little bit of re-victimization every time I would have mm. to put on clothes, parade mm. in front of my parents, bend over, do weird, like do weird positions in my clothes to see if they would ride up or to see if you could see anything you shouldn't oh. see. Like that's just it was really hard for me. I, I just Felt like a, a like fish special. in a fishbowl. Yes, and I'm like, oh my god, like that is really that weird. Really kind of <laughs> fucked up and weird. That like when you really think about weird. it, like I, that's not normal. No, no. So. Yeah, let's see if I could see your boobs, Katie. Go yeah, giggle. and it's like, like no. Well, and for people too, like I uh started like puberty. Like I got my boobs, like at period boobs, everything. I'm like. 10 so like this is mm -hmm. all like very young too sure. so to even be like a young 10 year old oh my gosh feeling fucking not knowing at the time but looking back like a 10 year old should not be worried about what they no. wear like they Absolutely shouldn't be not. this is so weird to me like i can't 
obviously yeah. if like your tummy's hanging out or something that maybe okay let's you know change tops or something but it wasn't like that it was to an extreme so very so very. anyway very yeah. bizarre and very. way unhelpful like i really struggle sometimes well i don't know so much anymore but i mean up until like you know late 20s i really really struggled with hating my body and i think a mm -hmm. lot of that has to do with just purity culture mm -hmm. in general thinking like i am just a sexual object right <laughs> because right. they put so much emphasis on that mm -hmm. um right and it's just unhelpful but very very and again it's, it comes back to the behavior modification and taking away mm -hmm. choice from from women is right. what those systems do and right. so this awful thing happens to you as a sexual abuse survivor and mm -hmm. you have no outlet nor do the no outlet to like share or even cope with any behaviors that might come with that yeah. um and and then it's all about okay well and now you're put in or now you're in this environment that sexualizes kids basically mm -hmm. at a very very I know, young, it young age so extreme but that's it's, true that's, like i do view it like that's that. basically what it is you're sexualizing yeah. kids at a very yeah. young age and you're sexualizing women or little girls saying just so you know this is what men are thinking when you do this or do that rather than holding those men accountable for being gross right <laughs> you know and it's just so a messed up view of life. oh for sure for sure and i could totally see how that would lead to different things in your life and different choices that you made when you lacked choice this whole time being in this system being in frisco new place then this horrible experience happens not like nowhere to go you can't talk to anyone and then you know and then other things happen that we're going to talk about but yeah yeah i mean it's just you're can you, yeah it's just conditioning especially for women of do this do that and you'll be fine and you're you're not like that's just not no. real life <laughs> that's not real it's life. not and i used so mad about that like oh like, sure. I feel like healing from all this you know it's just like kind of great like different stages and i just used oh to for be sure so fucking pissed when you were talking just what like broke my heart was you saying that you were resentful of your body like you grew yeah you grew to hate it and i've heard that from a lot of people um when it comes to women being being brought up in a church like that which mm -hmm. is which is awful like your body is a gift your boobs are a gift your mm -hmm. ass is a gift <laughs> you know like i mean i realize that now yeah but you know, right. don't realize that yeah you, you hate yeah, during that time during in those in those formidable years you you did it and it, it was that's tough that's that's terrible you know i'm glad that you're past that now but um yeah, yes, me too. And I mean, it still springs up, but it's so much like I learned in therapy. My therapist would always tell me like, mm -hmm. you have to say 10, like to if one negative um, self-talk, you have to like outdo it by saying 10 positive things about yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember the first time she said that, and I was like, you are so dumb. Like, I'm going to even list, <laughs> like, I even like 10 things about myself. Like, are you joking? Yeah. And, um, but anyway, I'm really glad that we did that because, and I carry that over with parenting now too. Sure. Which, oh, sure. It's just very helpful. Like, okay, yeah. we need to be, you have to really just rewire your brain is what Parent. I learned to constantly have to reassure or like it for a time period I did like any negative thing I would just in my head like try to say a couple positive things to just reprogram it almost totally to not just well, go do. down this self-hatred sounds trade. weird but you but you do you do have to yes. like that's basically what like trauma-informed therapy does is mm -hmm. you have this very you know you have these entrenched pathways in your brain that the trauma has looped you know so you always go back yeah. to that loop and it is i mean those paths are cleared they mm -hmm. have concrete on them they've got path you know they've got steps they've got rails yeah. you know like mm -hmm. it is like you have walked that road for so long that what you're describing which is um saying positive things about your body and saying positive things about yourself you're creating new neural pathways that your brain can now go to um which yes. is a i mean it's it's a technique in in therapy and especially with trauma yeah. like heal like you yes. you're literally healing your brain and how it thinks with i used to think this about myself and i'm trying really really hard to think that and you have to almost like over overcook it <laughs> over yeah overdo it so you can create those new pathways so that's awesome that's great that you're doing that yeah. and that you're doing that with your kids because i i know how important that is to kind of that's something yeah that i started like a couple years ago and i still mm -hmm. like i need to do better at it a lot of times oh, no. sometimes <laughs> it gets frustrating you know it's like just oh, shut up sure. you're great okay <laughs> but um then i'm like wait wait no no, no. Really i don't want to just <laughs> yeah exactly or like can you please leave me alone <laughs> but no so but it is very helpful um and it almost like at first when I was told that and like we started these exercises i was just like i thought it was the dumbest thing ever i was like oh, there's no way that. this is even possible and then once right. i started seeing the benefits of it i was like oh my god this is possible like what in the world this yeah. is amazing right well and that's also part of the conditioning in sovereign grace as well right is therapy is yes. not to be trusted because it's secular <laughs> right oh my gosh only christian counseling that's only right. christian counseling which is bogus um and so that that's a whole other thing too of you know your condition to think that all of that stuff is like weird emdr right. ill that's like hokey yes. and it's like no it's literally you're healing your brain because mm -hmm. that's what you need um, it's called science i know we don't it's really called in science. It, <laughs> exactly you guys it's not just yeah. a bible verse yeah yeah so speaking of behaviors and conditioning yeah. and just those environments that you were brought up in let's talk a little bit about homeschooling so you were homeschooled yeah. for all of yeah. all of your life yeah my whole life so yeah all my life 
And when we moved to Frisco, I was like, you know, I'm really going to try to work this. Like, it'll be a new school system. Because my parents would always say, we homeschool because when my sis, my older sister um, started kindergarten, we were in L.A. And the school system there is, you know, not incredible. So that's right. why they started it. Yeah, and so I fair. get that. But then, you know, it just, yeah, became not that because then we became then we came to like a lot very good school district and yeah. I still wasn't allowed to go to school right but I really tried um but yeah it was just like being homeschooled I am a little bit salty about it still because I was actually telling my mom semi-recently like I no offense mom but I do not feel like I got a good education whatsoever mm -hmm. I really struggled in school. Um, like, I just, I'm not a good test taker. I just, I struggle mm -hmm. with school. And it was really difficult to have an older sister who is like, you know, the smartest person alive. And so then to follow in those footsteps is a hard one. Right. But I couldn't, I feel like looking back, like, oh, I don't know if I have like a learning problem or not. If I do, it would be something very mild, but I could have gotten targeted help possibly at school. Mm -hmm. I could have learned things that are actually true instead of dumb, like creation science, like <sighs> to this day, you have to, you have, yeah. to you, you have to share that example. <laughs> okay. So my favorite thing is I was is a good. grown ass adult when I found out that women and men actually, in fact, do have the same amount of ribs. My mm -hmm. science book told me that, and shout out Abeka, um, that if you, you know, women have one, or what is it, one more rib than a man, than because, a man. G, you know, God took women from Adam's flesh. Turns out that's actually bogus. We have the same amount of ribs and it's so uh, aggravating because that is something so easy to prove. It's not like evolution necessarily. Right. Like we can just go take an x-ray. No, <laughs> although I do believe in evolution, but anyway. Right. But yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's something just go to the doctor, get an x-ray. You can count your ribs. Like that is something very easy <laughs> to get right. And so it's like when right, I and then right. I be like, oh my gosh, you just gotta embrace like growing up this way. You just have to embrace like the shelteredness. And I'm thankful that like I can kind of just laugh things off. Like there are so many embarrassing moments in my life where I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like I had no idea. <laughs> or I'll just say something That's dumb. Like I was just with a group of friends and I said something about you know, women having aren't we cool because we have one more rib. And then I was like, what the fuck is your problem, Katie? What? I was like, oh my gosh, we don't. Anyway, so. Um, yeah. Well, why would you also, question? It's in the book. It's in the Christian science book. That's duh. all you need, right? Is the Bible and your, your Christian science book. So well, why, exactly. Why would you think to question that? Exactly. And that was something else too. It's like, okay, your whole life, like we mm. just, my whole life was at home. We're homeschooled. Mm -hmm. Right. We wake up. Okay, here's how like what a day in homeschooling was. You wake up, you have family devotionals or mm -hmm. like family worship time mm -hmm. while you're eating breakfast. Then you have your like Bible class every day. Then you have your Bible science and you know math, which can't really be that biblical, but you know they'll try to do it biblical. anyway. Biblical math. <laughs> biblical math. You know how it is. Um, 
and then anyway so and then the rest of the school but it was just like jesus 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 in every mm -hmm. second of everything that you do which i don't care who you are but that gets so redundant like i just oh, feel sure. like you need a break at times like yeah i think it would have been great if we went to school i think we would have had a better like experience with our parents well i can only speak for myself but so sure. me would have yeah. had a better experience my parents like we need as moms we need breaks like my mm -hmm. mom needed a break like yeah she we should have been able to like get away for a little bit she can have her alone time we can have our alone time right not talking about jesus every second of the day yeah and so anyway i don't know i just kind of got off on a little tangent here but it no, was I mean, I very difficult yeah that that share that you're sharing the just like the micromanagement of all like your relationship with god yes which is supposed to be every single aspect of your life apparently mm -hmm. monday through friday no monday through sunday monday through yeah. monday girl monday through monday, monday girl the whole week the whole, the whole week, week the whole day and there's no i mean we got a dose of that during 2020 during covid when yes. everyone had to homeschool their kids and how many parents were pulling their hair out yes. um including me <laughs> I was like, I don't yeah. know what you want, but you need yeah. to get away from me. So mm -hmm. I can, yeah, I can only imagine homeschooling four kids. Yeah. And all different levels the whole day. And then, yeah, I like what you said. You, you're not allowed that break yeah. from your parents. Um, and I know, I know people that homeschool and they're doing a good job. And I know people that are yeah. homeschooling that are, yeah, uh, those kids should be in school. There should be some extra eyes. Yeah. I'm definitely. I don't like really believe in homeschooling at all. But sure. I'm. That's that's kind that you can see that. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I, I. I think like the only, yeah. Anyway, well, we don't need to go off on that tangent. Sure. I live but it's, in a it's about choice. No rules. Yeah, it's exactly. About choice. Yeah. You didn't have a choice, and this yeah. is like literally the theme of your story. I no feel choice. is no choice. <laughs> You yeah. went to Frisco, you had no choice. You had to mm -hmm. associate with these people, you had no choice. You had to mm -hmm. be assimilated and conditioned into purity culture and wear certain things and bend to see your ass. You had no choice. Yeah. You had to be homeschooled. You didn't really want to be homeschooled. Well, mm -hmm. fuck you. You have no choice. Yeah. Right. You know? And so right. it makes sense that that of course you look back on that and just like, mm -hmm. man, that really kind of Works me. <laughs> yeah. Kind of pisses me off that I was micromanaged yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And it's like, I know there's some of that just being a parent. You know, I hear that from my son all the time. Like, well, I want to do this. And so it's like some things, you know, you don't have a choice in, but I try to give options mm -hmm. as well, you know, because I, th I think that is so freaking important, especially when you have felt like you were very micromanaged your whole life, you know? Sure. But self autonomy yeah. in, really strict Christian cultures like sovereign grace, that's also selfish. Like that's a sin as well. You know, that's not, that's not allowed. So any self-autonomy is like yeah. rebellious. If you're, if you're right. thinking about yourself or if you're wanting to express, yeah. I think I want to do something different. Then it's like, no, you're not obeying. Mm -hmm and you're you know you're going against god yeah. because you're going against your parents so let's talk about yeah that that 
that phase <laughs> of your life. You call it rebellion. I call yeah. it kind of being normal. Yeah. And like no fucking wonder. Looking back, it is no, normal. yeah. Looking yeah. back, I'm yeah, like, yeah. well, yeah, I would have too. <laughs> Yes. Rebellion. Right. So my season of rebellion, as it has been labeled. Um, so I was like, when I was about 16, I we're not really talking about this, but I had a lot of mm-hmm. health struggles as an er, as uh when I when I turned 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of my teenage years, uh, especially towards like 15, 16, um, I was spent like in the hospital a lot and just having surgeries mm-hmm. and so once like my health got like stable in that aspect um i was around 16 so i was actually allowed to get a job and that was fantastic that was like Mm. my first little glimpse of normalcy right yeah um and so that's kind of where things started to go downhill i guess Mm -hmm. um because i so i worked at like sonic i was a car hop and i worked with mostly a lot of other kids my age um and it was like you go to work you come home you can't text you can't hang out you can't do anything with these people because they're of the world and i just never understood that because even one of them was a christian and i was like excuse me like they're a christian but the type of christian they were well, I guess he was a dude, so it didn't matter what kind of Christian he was. I right. couldn't hang out with him anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I like, couldn't work on Sundays. There were a lot of restrictions, but I was just thankful for a little bit. But then it started getting into, like, I wanted to hang out with these people. I wanted to just be normal. And these people weren't even bad. Like, they weren't even into drugs. They were just normal teenagers. Oh, sure. And... um. I just, anyway, it was off limits. And so, and then of course, then we get going then like, oh, there's a boy who showed interest in me. And of course, well, all hell breaks loose because what do you do? Someone likes me. Um, and so that's when it got to a point where it did get to a point where I was sneaking out at night. So that was, you know, I admit that was not a great choice. Right. So then they like, um, my parents quit my job for me. Then that was taken away. And so, it was just a difficult like year after that. It was right when I was like 17, almost 18. I was just like counting down the days I could get out of the house. Anyway, it all, it did result in I got pregnant. And, um, and how old 18, were you at the, at I 18, was 18. Okay. I got pregnant when I was, when I was 18. Um, and then I had my son when I was 19. But um, so that was, a difficult time um sure. you know because there were just some questions of what was going to happen um and i you know i chose to obviously keep my son and parent my son um mm-hmm. but at first like when i found out i was pregnant the first thing i was like my dad's losing his job like it's over mm-hmm. and just living with that and just feeling so awful for what would probably happen to like my family and all this um was incredibly hard to deal with at such a young age um and then of course you know there was like a family meeting to announce my pregnancy and that was 
I was not there, but it was very embarrassing and humiliating. Of course. Of course. Because you're being like talked about. Yeah. Yes. It was like a scarlet letter moment mm -hmm. of, okay, we got to talk about this young lady out like right. without her consent and mm -hmm. you not being there. And like, mm -hmm. was it kind of like a church discipline situation? No, it wasn't nope. because at this point I was family. still in my season of rebellion. So it was just a family meeting. Just like, I think they even talked about but other felt things. Like, but it yeah. like, that's how it felt like though. I'm sure yes. it's like, oh, totally. I'm being put under the microscope and they're talking about me in yes. this way and making weird comments about yeah, your pregnancy like, too. So like, yeah, I, uh, overall I, people were very gracious about it, but there was like one, one family that wound up leaving the church and um, there were a lot of comments and one comment made its way back to me. And it was this woman who struggles with, or at the time um, was struggling with infertility and she said that she doesn't understand why God will give people who don't want babies babies, but people who are desperately wanting to have a baby, why they're punished or whatever, which I, whatever the sentiment, I understand comparisons and all that, but like, what a fucking shitty thing to, to say to and also to for it to come back to me is yeah. also shitty. That person should have just kept their mouth closed, but yeah it happened and so like i just i don't know looking back at that time like it's really just a whirlwind because mm -hmm. i don't know there were so many different moving parts sure. um but anyway i got i forget how it happened because i think there was some talk i don't think i ever verbalized it because i just didn't communicate anything i still struggle with communication but I don't think I ever verbalized to my dad. Like I thought he was going to get fired because okay. of me getting pregnant. Um, but I do remember early on in my pregnancy realizing that was not going to happen. And mm -hmm. I'm unclear of why that didn't, because a lot of people had to step down for lesser sins than their Jezebel <laughs> daughters. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know why that didn't happen, but it didn't right. happen. And I'm, for all of our sakes, I'm very thankful for <laughs> Well, sure, yeah, yeah. Even though you, but, I mean, just for you to even feel that responsibility and for that to be the church's business. Yeah. So like, okay, we've got to discuss this. Like is just yeah. beyond ridiculous and very, very controlling mm -hmm. and uh, weird. So, yeah, yeah. but do you, yeah, and was your, because the only reason why I could think that he wasn't whatever disciplined for having a rebellious kid was, was he a favorite? Did people like him? Oh yeah, he definitely was. And people even like, okay. I was actually hanging out with a friend this weekend and people always will say your dad is different than the rest of them. I've heard that from the very beginning okay. and even to this day is still hear it from people that are not in the church and not even Christians sure. anymore. Um, and so he definitely was a favorite and i do think um he he being his daughter and seeing you know obviously there were a lot of issues and i felt very controlled and there was you know some things that he has apologized for and 
Oh. You know, he's not perfect, but he really is a lot different. Like then even just like um Rich Richardson or something. Like he's not oh. that much of a crazy zealot. Um mm -hmm. or maybe throughout the years he's become less and less, I guess. Um He's and become more human like that's it. good <laughs> yeah it is and like i remember someone even came to me um and told me they were kind of dealing with um they were it was another leader's child and mm -hmm. she was having an issue and whatever but uh kind of a similar situation and i remember she told me a couple years ago she's like you have no idea um your dad was the only person who listened and believed me when I met with the pastors. They oh, like wow. they were just like you're crazy, and your dad listened. And yeah. I do think that's a really good representation of who he is. Okay. He, he he's very kind person, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. It, but also anyway, it definitely a, a favorite, of right? The, and that's that's uh, another thing in Sovereign Grace leadership is they do yep. play they do play favorites do. a lot. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, you think you, you can even think back to like the pains and like the royalty family, yes. the Richardsons, they yes. can do no wrong. Um, and people cover for them a lot. I've heard different I things. I saw that with Pete. I mean, yes. Yeah. Like, like that was, he, even he, in the church, like his kids were favored more than my dad's kids. Sure. Like, uh, so I like, I, yeah, I totally saw that firsthand. Yeah. Um, and nothing against right. the kids, like nothing. Oh yeah, not at all. Kids at they all. No. Yeah, they can't. I mean, that's outside of their control. But there is this, totally. like, they make their own rules, and yes. it only applies to certain people that they may or may not mm -hmm. want to get rid of. And well, luckily, and your dad weird. was not one of them. <laughs> yeah, I do feel weird, though. Like, as I'm, we're kind of talking about this, I'm like, well, someone could be listening being like, well, I did not have that experience. And I just want to say like that with my dad or whatever. And sure. that's really valid. I'm not Very. just on here singing his praises. Obviously, I do love my dad. But, sure. uh, you know, he, he's made mistakes. And so I don't, I don't want... Um, I just want to be a little more self-aware in that context of, okay, I'm saying the pain kids had favoritism, but people were also probably looking at our family thinking the same thing. So sure. I totally get that. And sure. And just want to put that yeah. out there in the world. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I, and I think we've talked about this before too, of people can mm -hmm. have different experiences with the same person. So when totally. we had, I mean, a really good example of that is, Carrie's experience with Pete and Betsy Payne okay. and how utterly awful and evil yeah. it was. It was just yeah. beyond barbaric. Um, and I had a very lovely experience yeah. <laughs> with them at the pastor's college. You know, I was just right. I, I, I have no, you know, like nothing mm -hmm. on my end that they did anything to me, but that doesn't negate someone else's Not experience at all, yep. at all. so because yep. i i've heard that a lot when it comes to rich richardson is like well but he never did that to me he's always been the nicest to me <clears throat> and i'm like great he was a complete yeah. asshole and lied on my name yeah um, and <laughs> to then, me so I, and, it can be very aggravating to oh sure yeah I totally but people but that. i i can understand why yep other people have a different experience. Sure, you didn't like fuck with him like I did. <laughs> it 
<laughs> you did exactly. it. Exactly. You, you are probably a man and you probably yeah. didn't have a lot of opinions. You, you know, have as a vagina, a, so this does you not didn't apply have to a vagina, you. So point to you. And if yeah. you are female, then less points um, yep. for the opinionated ones. So like mm -hmm. I, I can, you can totally validate someone else's experience with your dad mm -hmm. and still have your own. Absolutely. So, yeah. Because people are multifaceted. Yes. Um, including assholes. So yes, totally. <laughs> not that I'm saying you're dead. This is true. No, I know. I know you're not. Yeah, but it's true. Well, <laughs> like we're, you know, like people present themselves in different ways to different people. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So you had your yeah. stupid church family meeting where <laughs> you're, you know, branded with the scarlet letter. Yes. Um, yes. And then somehow you were like, I still want to be in church. And yet, yeah, and well, like I wanted like, Jesus in your life. Yeah, I was like, this is my sign. Time to get back to my yeah, Devo. You, you need to heal your horror yeah. heart. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on. And I mean, for a time, like it, I was very, I was always a very more liberal Christian than the Sovereign Grace in general. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I would, looking back, like I was pretty, I would say like I had a good walk with the Lord as they would say, I guess okay. uh, in Christian terms for a few years there. Um, like once mm -hmm. I had my son and everything, things really settled down and I got more on the straight and narrow for a couple of years there. Um, which was sure. good because I mean, obviously I have to mature. I'm like a teen mom. I have to like your perspective changes. On you do. Things. You grow and up then, very, very yeah. quickly in those. Very situations. fast. Yeah. Right. And so it just kind of, it, it honestly, it just came naturally. Um, sure. And you know, my dynamic with my parents was different since I had a kid and I was an adult technically. So, um, okay. And yeah. they helped out so much. Oh, um, I bet. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was really amazing. It was r rough for a little while. And then like custody stuff and all that nonsense was Gross. difficult for quite a while. Ugh. But yeah, like I got back on the straight and narrow with God. Um, I, me and my friends would have Bible studies. And I mean, we had a really good group of friends mm -hmm. um, back then. Maybe, I don't know, we can just kind of transition. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good transition into this yeah. incident. Yeah. So we had, I think, just struggling to kind of feel like I fit in um, mm -hmm. in a circle mm -hmm. of friends or a group. Um, in my early 20s, I had a what I thought was a really good, close um, group of friends that were mostly in the church, but some of them weren't. Um, but, you know, like the singles um and there was an incident with um this kind of like marks mm -hmm. just it was this was like after my son was a couple years old um a few years old and i kind of view this incident as kind of just like a spiral into mm -hmm. craziness but i got assaulted by someone by jordan m we will say because there's multiple jordans so i don't want um <laughs> The wrong anyway, Jordan to be outed. Yeah, yeah but I got Jordan assaulted. M. Yeah. yeah, assaulted by someone in the role by Jordan and the church. And it was really fucking awful. And it's really affected 
just like intimacy in my marriage, like it's really affected a lot of areas in my life um, yeah. to this day. And that was almost like a, a decade uh, ago. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, thanks. It was just, it was not great. Um, but the real kicker is, so I felt like immediately... I didn't know that what happened to me was actually assault. I guess mm -hmm. at the time I knew it was wrong. I knew I had said no. I knew that I, you know, someone shouldn't be forceful and push you and make you do something that you're saying no and trying to get out of a car. Um, so like, I guess I knew that it was wrong, but mm -hmm. I just put all the blame on myself mm -hmm. because I was like, well, I was being flirty. I was like asking for it, blah, 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 which is just so dumb. And so it's, I just, I, I hate that because it wasn't my fault. It was his no. fault. And so to live with that feeling. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like my whole friend group, like this is going to mess up everything mm. that I felt. Like I had worked really hard to have like this really good group of friends. This happens. And I knew if I shared it, like there could be fractures or I could get blamed or whatever. I did share it though. Um, I shared it with a really close friend at the time. And, and so I thought it would be a good idea if we tried to talk about what happened me with Jordan. And so I reached out to a couple in the church that were uh, care group leaders, care group leaders, elders. I mean, you know, leaders in the church, whatever. And yeah. Whatever the term is. <laughs> doesn't matter deacons i don't know but anyway exactly. they were care group leaders mm -hmm. and we had a meeting where i was told that i just needed to forgive him and move on i wasn't told from the leaders that i was assaulted i wasn't told that what i i mean they did say this is bad so i mean there was like a this is not an okay situation to happen jordan but let's get this right katie you need to forgive Let's talk it out. Anyway, I don't even really remember a lot of the conversation because I just oh, you probably felt like I just wanted to at that point. Yeah. No, I totally was. And I was just like, and I was the one who it was weird. It's weird for me to kind of wrap my head around it too. Like I was the one that was like, let's have a meeting or whatever, thinking it would go a little differently. Sure. And then you know, I'm in the meeting and I'm like, oh fuck. Like I just want to get out of here. Yeah. But the overwhelming overarching feeling is I have to like have this friend group and yes, I need to forgive. I need to move on. It's not that bad. Oh it's gosh. that bad. Um, of course. Yeah. So I am so, I am so, so sorry that that yeah. was just your experience when it comes to sexual assault. And this is just another unfortunate highlight of how the church, like in such an evil way fails victims you know that you're conditioned yeah. with purity culture from very young age to feel like it's your fault and so this highlights how dangerous that type of ideology is but then yeah. also you reach out you reach mm -hmm. out to people for support like mm -hmm. these care group leaders sons of bitches mm -hmm. like yeah. these care group leaders and saying mm -hmm. help i want to do the right thing what do i do because you're young and you don't know and whatever. And so surely these people will know, yeah. you know, oh, wise one. 
and mm -hmm. they completely fail you. Nothing about a police report. No. Nothing about no. Nothing about holding him accountable. Nothing mm -hmm. about church discipline for him. Nothing no. about like nothing about that. It's just straight to let's reconcile and forgive. And yeah. I that is such a like demonic failure on the yeah. church's part for you and unfortunately that's not unique like i have heard it's that not. so many times when it comes mm -hmm. to sexual abuse se se um sexual assault mm -hmm. or domestic violence it's okay so yeah 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 you got hurt let's move on to the to the forgiveness part because that's what's important right. and not the victim in her healing no. process uh -huh. So I'm so sorry that that happened. And that's yeah. such a complete utter failure on the yeah. church's part for you. That just angers, it just boils my blood mm -hmm. to hear that. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it was really, it was, I remember being in rehab and I remember sharing this like for the first time with people outside of like, my group of friends and they like they're like i just remember thinking why is everyone reacting to it in this way like this mm -hmm. their their mouths are open like what's yeah. going on yeah and i just remember my counselor is like what the, they told you you needed to forgive him Excuse right me? did right. they do anything for you no i just needed to forgive right like oh my gosh like i, I still get really I, mixed emotions like the other oh, night sure. i was talking to my friend about this like recording it and i was just like mm -hmm. in tears like why why did no one do the right thing or why was i so misled for so long to think like for oh sure. yeah that's normal it's totally normal you got assaulted forgive forget move on yeah perfect. it's just no it's handled it's handled like a slap on the wrist oh yeah sees but you which know, is whatever. so dumb because Very. sexual sin it's is dangerous. allegedly the worst for them but it's really not like that it's, their actions don't meet up with their words absolutely you know absolutely it's it's so dangerous for victims mm -hmm. and future victims of yeah of this jordan guy yeah. um and it it is you were totally failed like mm -hmm. you having mixed emotions about that about that situation mm -hmm. is absolutely your <laughs> absolutely makes sense yeah um, yeah because it wasn't even called sexual assault no like you didn't come to learn that until years later when you were right. going through rehab so yeah. you're like oh what it's just crazy how you talk to is normal people rehab? What? Yeah, yeah exactly no. it's crazy it changes your perspective it does like i like when you go to therapy you talk to like other people outside of sovereign grace and you're like this is this is my experience and you're like and people are like uh that's not normal <laughs> like yeah. that is that's <laughs> really not? bad actually that's really yeah. did he did they call the police you know like, yeah so i mean it's it's good that you got that experience during rehab, mm -hmm. but it's, it just speaks to just such an utter failure yeah. that, that they, that they performed in that way. Mm -hmm. And those people should not be leaders in the church yeah, at all. And Jordan should be, you know, not in the church or arrested <laughs> this guy.
Oh my gosh. It was, oh, well, I'll just briefly talk about that real fast. It, you know how difficult it is to like go to church every mm. week and see the person that, that forcefully assaulted you and oh. going up for prayer and acting normal and serving and being a greeter right. and just like seeing him and being like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, fuck I wish you. you. And I wish you the worst. Else. Yeah. Yes. I like, wish you ass cancer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wish you I all the worst. Like I, I wish you asked cancer. I wish you, one. I wish you asked cancer. I'm like honing in yeah. my Beth Dutton from Yellowstone right now. Yeah, yeah so like anyway, that, that it, because abusers it doesn't affect them in the same way. It's, Not at all. Oh, whatever. This I've you know I did this. They move on with their lives, while mm -hmm. sexual abuse victims and survivors don't move on. Like that affects us to mm -hmm. our core and we have to like what you've talked about before of like deprogram and yes. create new neural pathways mm -hmm. to have normal lives and sometimes that takes years oh, and, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't resolve you know it just doesn't resolve all the way when it especially when it comes to sexual abuse because it does hit so deep I feel so it's yeah. of course you know he gets to move on but then you're living with this mm -hmm. trauma and then if you want to talk about it we can yeah. but you you go in you get into you know addiction issues yeah so shortly so, after right. that shortly after um I mean it was kind of like I'd had um because of my medical history like I'd had plenty of opiates before um but just due to a lot of different circumstances and not dealing with trauma it definitely manifested itself in substance use disorder and addiction mm -hmm. um off and on for the majority of my 20s um mm -hmm. and then in i mean i i really like i don't mean to sound dramatic but like mm -hmm. i am very blessed and thankful to be alive i mean if yeah. i was headed if i kept down that road i would not be here today like i know that for a fact um and i'm really I don't think that's dramatic at all i think that I, hit feel it like on some, the yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, that's good bad. i think that, yeah and so and it's so weird too because it's like my parents and um my husband at the time were very instrumental in getting me help and into rehab um and that would just won't go into all of that because that's a whole uh, podcast sure. episode by itself but um i mean it was crazy but i wound up um in california in rehab um in residential rehab and then when i came back i started iop so intensive outpatient for mm -hmm. a solid year after that mm -hmm. so i was in counseling um when i had seen some counselors before then but it, it wasn't anything great but and anyway that's it just really helps I thought like I could not live without wanting to get high and want, sure. or, and or just numb whatever was going on. Right. But like after the first like three months of sobriety, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Like it's yeah. so good to feel the way I'm feeling and just sit with it and try to process things and deal mm -hmm. with things in a way that I didn't know was possible, like in a way that had nothing to do with Jesus, you know, like it was sure. just, it was not like I had, I needed Jesus to get me out of this rut. Like 
And mm-hmm. that was just totally amazing and empowering yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. To feel like, okay, wait, I can do the hard work. I don't have to give every single second of every glory to God. Like I can be proud with myself yeah. and proud of my family and thankful for helping me yeah. get to such a healthier place sure. and saving my life. Um, totally. So, and then with the IOP, there was a lot of, um, one of the requirements was you have to have family counseling. And that was mm. so off. Like it was <laughs> awkward. Like, I think my mom and I, like when we both got reunited at IOP, cause I wouldn't talk to them for months. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we were like both shaking. Like, it was just like, Oh yeah. my God, what do we do? Like, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was, it was so healing and you know, even when I left that, when I graduated IOP, um, there was a lot more healing that happened afterwards too, but it was a great jump start of helping me see that the things that happened to me were not okay, that they were not my fault. And I didn't have to numb that. Right. But I can process through it and I can get better and I can deal with it in a healthy manner. Right. That's was so fantastic um, very i'm for well it was 2018 four years sober in august so i'm very proud of it um, yes you should be that's yeah, fantastic I, it is it is really good that's fantastic so then you yeah. go you go through rehab you come through this you come to this miraculous realization that it's yeah. not just jesus solving your problems but learning those coping mechanisms, yes. learning not to dissociate and to numb everything, but to feel things, you know, and, and, and deal with them. Mm-hmm. So you, you you get out of that. You're four years sober now, which yeah. congratulations. That's Thank huge, you. huge achievement. Yeah. Now I huge. do still drink some Trulies by the lake here. Well, sometimes, I mean, who but, doesn't, you know, you know I mean? yeah. Well, some people would say that's not technically sober, so let's be very transparent. Oh, sober anyway, from opiate. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, any pills. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know the rules. Anyway, when I know, I know <laughs> people are very teetotalers and I was oh, at first okay. and then I realized that that doesn't have to be the case. Um, sure. But anyway, once so again, you're, rabbit trail. you're in this new, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you're in this new place of you know, deconstructing and reconstructing, where would you say you're at now with every, you know, just everything from healing, from sexual abuse, from the addictions and, you know, walking away from sovereign grace? Well, I would say I'm a lot healthier and happier for one. Um, But yeah, like I do really hate this term. I feel like it's so overused, but I, I definitely have deconstructed so i know what i do not believe a hundred percent sure um i'm at the process of definitely just reconstructing and figuring out what do i believe what can't like uh, recently within the past six months i have had a desire to go back to church actually and be in a community like that um where i'm at in small town texas um there are not many options Slim picking. Uh, yeah there is slim picking so i don't know right now i'm not sure where that will go but um i i would say too like i think people even my family definitely would look at me and say i'm not a christian but if you believe in once saved always saved which they do and sovereign grace says they do um <laughs> 
I would definitely be Christian. Like I, I was very serious. I was sure. saved. I was a serious Christian. Sure. Um, and so I think that I, I don't necessarily like go around saying I'm a Christian and, but I think technically I am. And I think I'm just in the process of relearning what that means to me and how I can express that, that. faith again in a more healthy way. And sure. So I don't know. It's very, it's a hopeful prospect to just yeah. kind of sit and think, what do I believe? Sure. And go from there. Well, that's where I'm at right now. Nice. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. I think that I find that to be the most fun part when it comes to deconstructing uh, or like re kind of like going past that of like, I know what I don't want. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I don't want. I know what I no longer hold on to. But then the beautiful part of that, especially coming from such a conditioned, controlled, do this, do that, obey, don't, don't, you know, rules, blah, 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 is you can create your own faith. You can create yeah. your own own path and if you want to be christian fucking be a christian dude yeah. like you can and you no one can take that away from you that's your mm -hmm. own belief system mm -hmm. and you can define it however you want you know mm -hmm. and so, i think too as you're talking something that came yeah. to mind is mm -hmm. i remember like the emphasis in a conversation that i had with my parents once of how someone who's not a Christian cannot be a moral person because what is their standard oh, of, yeah, what is their standard of good? How do they define that? Because they don't know the good news and they don't know what Jesus has done. So they mm -hmm. don't know how to do the things. And I, I, I remember having that conversation just being like, well, that makes no sense. All that to say is, is I don't, it's so nice to not have that mindset and just sure. be like, you don't have to be a Christian to be a good person. In fact, oh, there totally. are many non-Christians who are fantastic moral people. Right. And so it was interesting. I definitely had to like strip that too of like, no, 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 no. I don't have to feel like I'm an awful person because I don't label myself a Christian. That is in fact not true. Anyway, that was very empowering and it just came in my mind. No, I think so, that's great. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah, no, it, and that's all part of the weird ideologies that were taught from such a young age of you know you're supposed to believe this yeah. anyone outside of christianity is is evil yeah. um and so do you want to be an evil person mm -hmm. no then you have to act you know you have to do this you have to do that it's very it's that's the basis of fundamentalism yeah. Yeah. um and so i think yeah you define it how you want to define it mm -hmm. and you no one can take your faith away from you exactly like, that's your choice Amen. Yep. <laughs> Like, however you want to, you know, express that with mm -hmm. a little bit of crystals and a little bit of Jesus. That's right. <laughs> like, yes. You're who, preaching my language. Who, like, who is to say, yeah, just who is to say how you want to express that? And I think, especially coming from a controlled environment, for you to find this newfound freedom yes. to express whatever faith you ascribe to in your own way is mm -hmm. like the ultimate form of of healing like for it you. is because it, it is. You, you've now brought your choice back you now brought your yes. power back 
and you claim it in Jesus' name. No, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> yeah. No, I truly totally agree. I think that sums it up perfectly. It yeah. is empowering and yeah. it's true freedom. Like it really there is. is. True freedom. True yes. freedom and true happiness too. Very. Like I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I oh, really struggled in that environment, like yes. being happy. And sure. now it's like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I love You're on it. The other side. Yeah. You're on the other yeah. side. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. Yes. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your story. Thank you. Um, thank you for going over time. I appreciate it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no problem. No problem. No, this is this is great. Well, thank great. you for interviewing. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm glad yeah. that we did this and yes. and we're back. We're back. We're back. So There's, we'll be some more happening we, soon. There will be some more stories that we yeah. will be sharing. So stay yeah. tuned. Yeah. Signing off. All right. <laughs> Signing off. That's right. And as always, keep on doing better than CJ Mahaney deserves. <laughs>